Act Three of All's Well That Ends Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. Scene One, Florence, the Duke's Palace, Flourish. Enter the Duke of Florence attended the two Frenchmen with a troop of soldiers. So that from point to point now have you heard the fundamental reasons of this war, whose great decision hath much blood let forth, and more thirsts after. Holy seems the quarrel upon your grace's part, black and fearful, on the opposer. Therefore we marvel much our cousin France, would in so just a business shut his bosom against our borrowing prayers. Good my lord, the reasons of our state I cannot yield, but like a common and an outward man, that the great figure of a council frames by self-unable motion. Therefore dare not say what I think of it, since I have found myself in my uncertain grounds to fail as often as I guessed. Be it his pleasure. But I am sure the younger of our nature, that surfeit on their ease, will day by day come here for physic. Welcome shall they be and all the honours that fly from us shall on them settle. You know your places well, when better fall, for your avails they fell. Tomorrow to the field. Flourish. Exeunt. Scene 2. Rossillon, the Count's Palace. Enter Countess and Clown. It hath happened all as I would have had it, save that he comes not along with her. By my troth, I take my young lord to be a very melancholy man. By what observance, I pray you? Why, he will look upon his boot and sing, mend the roof and sing, ask questions and sing, pick his teeth and sing. I know a man that had this trick of melancholy, sold a goodly manner for a song. Let me see what he writes and when he means to come. Opening a letter. I have no mind to Isbel since I was at court. Our old Ling and our Isbels of the country are nothing like your old Ling and your Isbels of the court. The brains of my cupids knocked out, and I begin to love as an old man loves money with no stomach. What have we here? In that you have there. Exit. Countess reads, I have sent you a daughter-in-law. She hath recovered the king and undone me. I have wedded her, not bedded her, and sworn to make the not eternal. You shall hear I am run away. Know it before the report come. If there be breadth enough in the world, I will hold a long distance. My duty to you, your unfortunate son, Bertram. This is not well-rationed, unbridled boy, To fly the favours of so good a king, To pluck his indignation on thy head By the misprising of a maid Too virtuous for the contempt of empire. Re-enter Clown. Oh, madam, Yonder is heavy news within, between two soldiers and my young lady. What is the matter? Nay, there is some comfort in the news, some comfort. 
Your son will not be killed so soon as I thought he would. Why should he be killed? So say I, madam, if he run away, as I hear he does. The danger is in standing to it. That's the loss of men, though it be the getting of children. Here they come, will tell you more. For my part, I only hear your son was run away. Exit. Enter Helena and two gentlemen. Save you, good madam. Madam, my lord is gone, for ever gone. Do not say so. Think upon patience. Pray you, gentlemen, I have felt so many quirks of joy and grief that the first face of neither on the start can woman me unto it. Where is my son, I pray you? Madam, he's gone to serve the Duke of Florence. We met him thitherward, for thence we came, and, after some dispatch in hand at court, thither we bend again. Look on his letter, madam, here's my passport. Reads. When thou canst get the ring upon my finger which never shall come off, and show me a child begotten of thy body that I am father to, then call me husband. But in such a then I write a never. This is a dreadful sentence. Brought you this letter, gentlemen? Ay, madam, and for the content's sake are sorry for our pain. I prithee, lady, have a better cheer. If thou engrossest all the griefs are thine, thou robst me of a moiety. He was my son, but I do wash his name out of my blood, and thou art all my child. Towards Florence, is he? Ay, madam. And to be a soldier? Such is his noble purpose, and believed the Duke will lay upon him all the honour that good convenience claims. Return you thither. Ay, madam with the swiftest wing of speed. Reads. Till I have no wife, I have nothing in France. Tis bitter. Find you that there. Ay, madam. Tis but the boldness of his hand, haply, which his heart was not consenting to. Nothing in France until he have no wife. There's nothing here that is too good for him but only she, and she deserves a lord that Twenty such rude boys might tend upon and call her hourly mistress. Who was with him? A servant only, and a gentleman, which I have some time known. Parolles, was it not? Ay, my good lady, he. A very tainted fellow and full of wickedness. My son corrupts a well-derived nature with his inducement. Indeed, good lady, the fellow has a deal of that too much which holds him much to have. You're welcome, gentlemen. I will entreat you when you see my son to tell him that his sword can never win the honour that he loses. More I'll entreat you written to bear along. We serve you, madam, in that and all your worthiest affairs. Not so, but as we change our courtesies. Will you draw near? Exeunt Countess and Gentlemen Till I have no wife, I have nothing in France. Nothing in France until he have no wife. Thou shalt have none, Rosilian, none in France. Then hast thou all again. Poor Lord, is't I that chase thee from thy country and expose those tender limbs of thine to the event of the nun-sparing war? And is it I that drive thee from the sport of court, 
where thou wast shot at with fair eyes to be the mark of smoky muskets. O oh, you leaden messengers that ride upon the violent speed of fire, fly with false aim! Move the still-peering air that sings with piercing, do not touch my lord! Whoever shoots at him, I set him there. Whoever charges on his forward breast, I am the caitiff that do hold him to it. And though I kill him not, I am the cause his death was so affected. Better twere I met the raven lion when he roared with sharp constraint of hunger. Better twere that all the miseries which nature owes were mine at once. No, come thou home, Rosilian, whence honour but of danger wins a scar, as oft it loses all. I will be gone. My being here it is that holds thee hence. Shall I stay here to do it? No. No, although the air of paradise did fan the house and angels offest all, I will be gone. That pitiful rumour may report my flight to consolate thine ear. Come, night, end day, for with the dark, poor thief, I'll steal away. Exit. Scene three. Florence, before the Duke's palace. Flourish. Enter the Duke of Florence, Bertram, Parolles, Soldiers, drum, and trumpets. The general of our horse thou art, and we, great in our hope, lay our best love and credence upon thy promising fortune. Sir, it is a charge too heavy for my strength, but yet we'll strive to bear it for your worthy sake to the extreme edge of hazard. Then go thou forth, and fortune play upon thy prosperous helm as thy auspicious mistress. This very day, great Mars, I put myself into thy file. Make me but like my thoughts, and I shall prove a lover of thy drum, hater of love. Exeunt. Scene 4. Rossillon, the Count's Palace. Enter Countess and Steward. Alas! And would you take the letter of her? Might you not know she would do as she has done by sending me a letter? Read it again. Reads. I am St. Jock's pilgrim, thither gone. Ambitious love hath so in me offended, that barefoot plod I the cold ground upon, with sainted vow my faults to have amended. Write, write, that from the bloody course of war my dearest master, your dear son, may hie. Bless him at home in peace, whilst I from far his name with zealous fervour sanctify. His taken labours bid him me forgive. I, his despiteful Juno, sent him forth from courtly friends with camping foes to live, where death and danger dogs the heels of worth. He is too good and fair for death and me, whom I myself embrace to set him free. What sharp stings are in her mildest words! Rinaldo, you did never lack advice so much as letting her pass so. Had I spoke with her, I could have well diverted her intents, which thus she hath prevented. Pardon me, madam, if I had given you this at overnight, she might have been Oatean, and yet she writes, pursuit would be but vain. What angel shall bless this unworthy husband? He cannot thrive unless her prayers, whom heaven delights to hear and loves to grant, 
reprieve him from the wrath of greatest justice write write rinaldo to this unworthy husband of his wife let every word weigh heavy of her worth that he does weigh too light my greatest grief though little he do feel it set down sharply dispatch the most convenient messenger when haply he shall hear that she is gone he will return and hope i may that she hearing so much will speed her foot again led hither by pure love which of them both is dearest to me i have no skill in sense to make distinction provide this messenger my heart is heavy and mine age is weak grief would have tears and sorrow bids me speak Excellent. Scene five Florence without the walls a tucket afar off Enter an old widow of Florence Diana Violenta and Mariana with other citizens Nay come for if they do approach the city we shall lose all the sight They say the French count has done most honourable service It is reported that he has taken their greatest commander and that with his own hand he slew the duke's brother Tucket. We have lost our labor. They are gone a contrary way. Hark, you may know by their trumpets. Come, let's return again, and suffice ourselves with the report of it. Well, Diana, take heed of this French earl. The honor of a maid is her name, and no legacy is so rich as honesty. I have told my neighbor how you have been solicited by a gentleman, his companion. I know that knave. Hang him. One parole does. A filthy officer he is in those suggestions for the young earl. Beware of them, Diana. Their promises, enticements, oaths, tokens, and all these engines of lust are not the thing they go under. Many a maid hath been seduced by them, and the misery is example that so terrible shows in the wreck of maidenhood cannot for all that dissuade succession, but that they are lined with the twigs that threaten them. I hope I need not to advise you further but I hope your own grace will keep you where you are, though there were no further danger known but the modesty which is lost. You shall not need to fear me. I hope so. Enter Helena, disguised like a pilgrim. Look, here comes a pilgrim. I know she will lie at my house. Thither they send one another. I'll question her. God save you, pilgrim. Whither are you bound? To Saint-Jacques-le-Grand. Where do the palmers lodge, I do beseech you? At the St. Francis here, beside the port. Is this the way? I marry, ist. A march afar. Hark you, they come this way. If you will tarry, holy pilgrim, but till the troops come by, I will conduct you where you shall be lodged. The rather, for I think I know your hostess as ample as myself. Is it yourself? If you shall please so, pilgrim. I thank you, and will stay upon your leisure. You came, I think, from France? I did so. Here you shall see a countryman of yours that has done worthy service. His name, I pray you. The Count Rassilian, know you such a one? But by the ear that hears most nobly of him, his face I know not. Whatsoe'er he is, he's bravely taken here. He stole from France, as tis reported, for the king had married him against his liking. Think you it is so? Ay, surely, 
Mere the truth, I know his lady. There is a gentleman that serves the Count, reports but coarsely of her. What's his name? Monsieur Parolles. Oh, I believe with him an argument of praise, or to the worth of the great Count himself, she is too mean to have her name repeated. All her deserving is a reserved honesty, and that I have not heard examined. Alas, poor lady! Tis a hard bondage to become the wife of a detesting lord. I warrant, good creature, wheresoe'er she is, her heart weighs sadly. This young maid might do her a shrewd turn, if she pleased. How do you mean? Maybe the amorous count solicits her in the unlawful purpose? He does indeed, and brokes with all that can in such a suit corrupt the tender honour of a maid. But she is armed for him, and keeps her guard in honestest defence. The gods forbid else. So now they come. Drum and colours. Enter Bertram, Parolles, and the whole army. That is Antonio, the duke's eldest son. That, Aeschylus. Which is the Frenchman? He. That with the plume. Tis a most gallant fellow. I would he loved his wife. If he were honester, he were much goodlier. Is not a handsome gentleman. I like him well. Tis pity he is not honest. Yon's that same knave that leads him to these places. Were I his lady, I would poison that vile rascal. Which is he? That jackanapes with scarfs. Why is he melancholy? Perchance he's hurt to the battle. Lose our drum? Well! He's shrewdly vexed at something. Look, he has spied us. Mary, hang you! And your courtesy for a ring-carrier. Exeunt Bertram, Parolles, and Army. The troop is past. Come, pilgrim. I will bring you where you shall host. Of enjoined penitence there's four or five to great St. Jack was bound, already at my house. I humbly thank you. Please it this matron and this gentle maid to eat with us to-night. The charge and thanking shall be for me, and to requite you further I will bestow some precepts of this virgin worthy the note. We'll, we'll take, take your, your offer, offer kindly. Exeunt. Scene six. Camp before Florence. Enter Bertram and the two French lords. Nay, good my lord, put him to it. Let him have his way. If your lordship find him not a hilding, hold me no more in your respect. On my life, my lord, a bubble. Do you think I am so far deceived in him? Believe it, my lord, in mine own direct knowledge, without any malice but to speak of him as my kinsman. He's a most notable coward, an infinite and endless liar, an hourly promise-breaker, the owner of no one good quality worthy your lordship's entertainment. It were fit you knew him, lest reposing too far in his virtue, which he hath not, he might at some great and trusty business in a main danger fail you. I would I knew in what particular action to try him. None better than to let him fetch off his drum, which you hear him so confidently undertake to do. I, with a troop of Florentines, will suddenly surprise him. Such I will have, whom I am sure he knows not from the enemy. We will bind and hoodwink him so that he shall suppose no other, but that he is carried into the leaguer of the adversaries when we bring him to our own tents. Be but your lordship present at his examination. If he do not, for the promise of his life and in the highest compulsion of base fear, offer to betray you and deliver all the intelligence in his power against you, and that with the divine forfeit of his soul upon oath, never trust my judgment in anything. 
Oh, for the love of laughter, let him fetch his drum. He says he has a stratagem for it. When your lordship sees the bottom of his success in it, and to what metal this counterfeit lump of ore will be melted, if you give him not John Drum's entertainment, your inclining cannot be removed. Here he comes. Enter Parolles. Aside to Bertram. Oh, for the love of laughter, hinder not the honour of his design. Let him fetch off his drum in any hand. How now, monsieur? This drum sticks sorely in your disposition. A pox on it. Let it go. Tis but a drum. But a drum? Is't but a drum? A drum so lost? Ha! There was an excellent command to charge in with our horse upon our own wings and to rend our own soldiers. That was not to be blamed in the command of the service. It was a disaster of war that Caesar himself could not have prevented, if he had been there to command. Well, we cannot greatly condemn our success. Some dishonour we had in the loss of that drum, but it is not to be recovered. It might have been recovered. It might, but it's not now. It is to be recovered. But that the merit of service is seldom attributed to the true and exact performer, I would have that drum, or another, or hick jacket. Why, if you have a stomach to it, monsieur, if you think your mystery in stratagem can bring this instrument of honour again into his native quarter, be magnanimous in the enterprise and go on. I will grace the attempt for a worthy exploit, if you speed well in it. The duke shall both speak of it, and extend to you what further becomes his greatness, even to the utmost syllable of your worthiness. By the hand of a soldier, I will undertake it. But you must not now slumber in it. I'll about it this evening, and I will presently pen down my dilemmas, encourage myself in my certainty, put myself into my moral preparation, and by midnight look to hear further from me. May I be bold to acquaint his grace you are gone about it? I know not what the success will be, my lord, but the attempt I vow. I know thou art valiant, and to the possibility of thy soldiership will subscribe for thee. Farewell. I love not many words. Exit. No more than a fish loves water. Is not this a strange fellow, my lord, that so confidently seems to undertake this business, which he knows is not to be done, damns himself to do, and dares better to be damned than to do it? You do not know him, my lord, as we do. Certain it is that he will steal himself into a man's favour, and for a week escape a great deal of discoveries. But when you find him out, you have him ever after. Why? Do you think he will make no deed at all of this that so seriously he does address himself unto? None in the world, but return with an invention and clap upon you two or three probable lies. But we have almost embossed him. You shall see his fall to-night, for indeed he is not for your lordship's respect. We'll make you some sport with a fox ere we case him. He was first smoked by the old lord Lafaux. When his disguise and he is parted, tell me what a sprat you shall find him, which you shall see this very night. I must go look my twigs. He shall be caught. Your brother he shall go along with me. As to please your lordship, I'll leave you. Exit. Now will I lead you to the house, and show you the lass I spoke of. But you say she's honest. That's all the fault. 
I spoke with her but once and found her wondrous cold, but I sent to her, by this same coxcomb that we have in the wind, tokens and letters, which she did resend. And this is all I've done. She's a fair creature. Will you go see her? With all my heart, my lord. Exeunt. Scene 7. Florence, the widow's house. Enter Helena and widow. If you misdoubt me that I am not she, I know not how I shall assure you further, but I shall lose the grounds I work upon. Though my estate be fallen, I was well born. Nothing acquainted with these businesses. Would not put reputation now in any staining act. Nor would I wish you. First, give me trust. The Count, he is my husband, and what to your sworn counsel I have spoken is so from word to word. And then you cannot, by the good aid that I of you shall borrow, err in bestowing it. I should believe you, for you have showed me that which well approves, your great in fortune. Take this purse of gold, and let me buy your friendly help thus far, which I will overpay and pay again when I have found it. The Count, he woos your daughter, lays down his wanton siege before her beauty, resolved to carry her. Let her, in fine, consent, as will direct her how tis best to bear it. Now his important blood will not deny that she'll demand. A ring the county wears, that downward hath succeeded in his house from son to son, some four or five descents from the first father wore it. This ring he holds in most rich choice. Yet in his idle fire to buy his will it would not seem too dear, howe'er repented after. Now I see the bottom of your purpose. You see it lawful, then. It is no more but that your daughter, ere she seems as one, desires this ring, appoints him an encounter, in fine, delivers me to fill the time, herself most chastely absent. After this, to marry her, I'll add three thousand crowns to what is past already. I have yielded. Instruct my daughter, how she shall persevere, that time and place with this deceit so lawful may prove coherent. Every night he comes with musics of all sorts and songs composed to her unworthiness. It nothing steads us to chide him from our eaves, for he persists as if his life lay on't. Why then to-night let us assay our plot, which of its speed is wicked meaning in a lawful deed, and lawful meaning in a lawful act, where both not sin and yet a sinful fact. But let's about it. Exeunt. End of Act Three. Act Two of All's Well That Ends Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Two of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. Scene One Paris, the King's Palace. Flourish of cornets. Enter the King, attended with diverse young lords, taking leave for the Florentine War, Bertram and Parolles. Farewell, young lords. These warlike principles do not throw from you. And you, my lords, farewell. Share the advice betwixt you. If both gain, all the gift doth stretch itself as tis received, and is enough for both. Tis our hopes, sir. 
after well-entered soldiers, to return and find your grace in health. No, no, it cannot be. And yet my heart will not confess he owes the malady that doth my life besiege. Farewell, young lords. Whether I live or die, be you the sons of worthy Frenchmen. Let higher Italy, those baited that inherit but the fall of the last monarchy, see that you come not to woo honour, but to wed it. When the bravest questant shrinks, find what you seek, that fame may cry you loud. I say farewell. Health at your bidding. Serve your majesty. Those girls of Italy, take heed of them. They say our French like language to deny if they demand. Beware of being captives before you serve. Our hearts receive your warnings. Farewell. Come hither to me. Exit, attended. Oh, my sweet lord, that you will stay behind us. Tis not his fault, the spark. Oh, tis brave wars. Most admirable. I have seen those wars. I am commanded here, and kept a coil with too young, and the next year, and tis too early. And thy mind stand to it, boys. Steal away, bravely. I shall stay here the four-horse to a smock, creaking my shoes on the plain masonry till honour be bought up, and no sword worn but one to dance with. By heaven I'll steal away. There's honour in the theft. Commit it, Count. I am your accessory, and so farewell. I grow to you, and our parting is a tortured body. Farewell, Captain. Sweet Monsieur Parolas. Noble heroes, my sword and yours are kin. Uh, good sparks and lustrous, a word, good metals. Uh, you shall find in the regiment of the Spinei one Captain Spurio with his cicatrice, an emblem of war, here, uh, on his sinister cheek. It was this very sword entrenched it. Say to him, I live, and observe his reports for me. We shall, noble captain. Exeunt lords. Mars dote on you for his novices. What will ye do? Stay, the king. Re-enter king. Bertram and Parolles retire. To Bertram. Use a more spacious ceremony to the noble lords. You have restrained yourself within the list of too cold and adieu. Be more expressive to them, for they wear themselves in the cap of the time. There do muster true gait, eat, speak, and move under the influence of the most received star. And though the devil lead the measure, such are to be followed. After them, and take a more dilated farewell. And I will do so. Worthy fellows, and like to prove most sinewy swordmen. Exeunt Bertram and Parolles. Enter Lafeu, kneeling. Pardon, my lord, for me and for my tidings. I'll fee thee to stand up. Then here's a man stands that has brought his pardon. I would you had kneeled, my lord, to ask me mercy, and that at my bidding you could so stand up. I would I had, so I had broke thy pate and asked thee mercy for it. <laughs> good faith, a cross. But, my good lord, tis thus. Will you be cured of your infirmity? No. Oh, will you eat no grapes, my royal fox? 
yes but you will my noble grapes and if my royal fox could reach them i have seen a medicine that's able to breathe life into a stone quicken a rock and make you dance canary with sprightly fire and motion whose simple touch is powerful to erase king pepin nay to give great charlemagne a pen in's hand and write to her a love-line what her is this why doctor she my lord there's one arrived if you will see her now by my faith and honour if seriously i may convey my thoughts in this my light deliverance i have spoke with one that in her sex her years profession wisdom and constancy hath amazed me more than i dare blame my weakness will you see her for that is her demand and know her business that done laugh well at me now good lover bring in the admiration that we with thee may spend our wonder too or take off thine by wondering how thou tookst it nay i'll fit you and not be all day neither exit thus he his special nothing ever prologues re-enter lafeu with helena nay come your ways this haste hath wings indeed nay come your ways this is his majesty say your mind to him a traitor you do look like but such traitors his majesty seldom fears i am cressid's uncle that dare leave two together <laughs> fare you well exit now fair one does your business follow us ay my good lord gerard de narbonne was my father in what he did profess well found i knew him the rather will i spare my praises towards him knowing him is enough on sped of death many receipts he gave me chiefly one which as the dearest issue of this practice and of his old experience the oily darling he bade me store up as a triple eye safer than mine own two more dear i have so and hearing your high majesty is touched with that malignant cause wherein the honour of my dear father's gift stands chief in power i come to tender it and my appliance with all bound humbleness we thank you maiden but may not be so credulous of cure when our most learned doctors leave us and the congregated college have concluded that labouring art can never ransom nature from her inaidable estate i say we must not so stain our judgment or corrupt our hope to prostitute our past cure malady to empirics or to dissever so our great self and our credit to esteem a senseless help when help past sense we deem my duty then shall pay me for my pains i will no more enforce mine office on you humbly entreating from your royal thoughts a modest one to bear me back again i cannot give thee less to be called grateful thou thoughts to help me and such thanks i give as one near death to those that wish him live but what at full i know thou know'st no part 
I, knowing all my peril, thou no art. What I can do can do no hurt to try, since you set up your rest gainst remedy. He that of greatest works is finisher oft does them by the weakest minister. So holy writ in babes hath judgment shown, when judges have been babes. Great floods have flown from simple sources, and great seas have dried when miracles have by the greatest been denied. Oft expectation fails, and most oft there where most it promises, and oft it hits where hope is coldest, and despair most fits. I must not hear thee. Fare thee well, kind maid. Thy pains not used must by thyself be paid. Proffers not took, reap thanks for their reward. Inspired merit so by breath is barred. It is not so with him that all things knows, as tis with us that square our guess by shows. But most it is presumption in us, when the help of heaven we count the act of men. Dear sir, to my endeavours give consent. Of heaven not me make an experiment. I am not an impostor that proclaim myself against the level of mine aim. But know I think, and think I know most sure, My art is not past power, nor you past cure. Are thou so confident? Within what space hopest thou my cure? The greatest grace lending grace, Ere twice the horses of the sun shall bring Their fiery torture his diurnal ring, Ere twice in murk and occidental damp Moist Hesperus hath quenched his sleepy lamp or four and twenty times the pilot's glass hath told the thievish minutes how they pass what is infirm from your sound part shall fly health shall live free and sickness freely die upon thy certainty and confidence what darest thou venture tax of impudence a strumpet's boldness a divulged shame traduced by odious ballads my maiden's name seared otherwise Nay, worse, if worse, extended with vilest torture, let my life be ended. Methinks in thee some blessed spirit doth speak his powerful sound within an organ weak. And what impossibility would slay in common sense, sense saves another way. Thy life is dear, for all that life can rate, worth name of life in thee hath estimate. Youth, beauty, wisdom, courage— all that happiness and prime can happy call. Thou this to hazard needs must intimate, Skill infinite or monstrous desperate. Sweet practiser, thy physic I will try, That ministers thine own death if I die. If I break time or flinch in property Of what I spoke, unpitied let me die, And well deserved, not helping, death's my fee. But if I help— what do you promise me? Make thy demand. But will you make it even? Ay, by my sceptre and my hopes of heaven. Then shalt thou give me with thy kingly hand What husband in thy power I will command. Exempted be from me the arrogance To choose from forth the royal blood of France, My low and humble name to propagate With any branch or image of thy state. But such a one— Thy vassal, whom I know is free for me to ask, thee to bestow. Here is my hand, the premises observed. Thy will by my performance shall be served. So make the choice of thine own time. 
for I, thy resolved patient, on thee still rely. More should I question thee, and more I must, though more to know could not be more to trust. From whence thou camest, how tended on, but rest, unquestioned welcome, and undoubted blest. Give me some help here, hope, if thou proceed as high as word, my deed shall match thy meed. Flourish, exeunt. Scene two. Rossillon, the Count's palace. Enter Countess and Clown. Come on, sir, I shall now put you to the height of your breeding. I will show myself highly fed and lowly taught. I know my business is but to the court. To the court? Why, what place makes you special when you put off that with such contempt, but to the court? Truly, madam, if God have lent a man any manners, he may easily put it off at court. He that cannot make a leg, put off's cap, kiss his hand, and say nothing. Has neither leg, hands, lip, nor cap, and, indeed, such a fellow, to say precisely, were not for the court, but for me, I have an answer, will serve all men. Mary, that's a bountiful answer that fits all questions. It's like a barber's chair that fits all buttocks, the pin buttock, the quatch buttock, the brawn buttock, or any buttock. Will your answer serve fit to all questions? As fit as ten groats is for the hand of an attorney, as your French crown for your taffeta punk, as Tibbs rush for Tom's forefinger, as a pancake for Shrove Tuesday, a Morris for May Day, as the nail to his hole, the cuckold to his horn, as a scolding queen to a wrangling knave, as the nun's lip to the friar's mouth, nay, as the pudding to his skin. Have you, I say, an answer of such fitness for all questions? From below your duke to beneath your constable, it will fit any question. It must be an answer of most monstrous size that must fit all demands. But a trifle neither, in good faith. If the learned should speak truth of it, here it is, and all that belongs to it. Ask me if I am a courtier. It shall do you no harm to learn. To be young again, if we could. I will be a fool in question, hoping to be the wiser by your answer. I pray you, sir, are you a courtier? <clears throat> oh, Lord, sir! There's a simple putting off. More, more, a hundred of them! Sir, I am a poor friend of yours that loves you. Oh, Lord, sir! Thick, thick, spare not me! I think, sir, you can eat none of this homely meat. Oh, oh, Lord, sir! Nay, put me to it, I warrant you. You were lately whipped, sir, as I think. Oh, Lord, sir! 
spare not me. Do you cry, O Lord, sir, at your whipping, and spare not me? Indeed, your O Lord, sir, is very sequent to your whipping. You would answer very well to your whipping if you were but bound to it. I ne'er had worse luck in my life in my, oh, Lord, sir. I see things may serve long, but not serve ever. I play the noble housewife with the time to entertain so merrily with a fool. Oh, Lord, sir. Why, there it serves well again. An end, sir, to your business. Give Helen this and urge her to a present answer back. Commend me to my kinsman and my son. This is not much. Not much commendation to them. <laughs> not much employment for you, you understand me? Most fruitfully. I am there before my legs. Haste you again. Exeunt severally. Scene 3. Paris, the King's Palace. Enter Bertram, Lafeu, and Parolles. They say miracles are past, and we have our philosophical persons to make modern and familiar things supernatural and causeless. Hence it is that we make trifles of terrors, ensconcing ourselves into seeming knowledge when we should submit ourselves to an unknown fear. Why, tis the rarest argument of wonder that has shot out in our latter times. And so tis. To be relinquished of the artists. So I say. Both of Galen and Paracelsus. So I say. Of all the learned and authentic fellows. <laughs> right. So I say that gave him out incurable. <laughs> Why, there it is. So say I too. Not to be helped. <laughs> right, as twere a man assured of a... Uncertain life and sure death. Just, you say well. <laughs> so would I have said. I may truly say it is a novelty to the world. It is indeed. If you will have it in showing, you shall read it in... What do you call it there? A showing of a heavenly effect in an earthly actor. Oh, that's it. I would have said the very same. Why, your dolphin is not lustier. For me, I speak in respect. Nay, tis strange, tis very strange. That is the brief and the tedious of it. And he's of a most fascinerious spirit that will not acknowledge it to be the... Very hand of heaven. Aye, so I say. In a most weak and debile minister, great power, great transcendence, which should indeed give us a further use to be made than alone the recovery of the king has to be generally thankful <laughs> i would have said it you say well oh, here comes the king enter king helena and attendants lafeu and parolles retire lustig as the dutchman says 
how like a maid the better whilst i have a tooth in my head <laughs> why he's able to lead her a caranto mont du vinaigre is not this helen for god i think so go call before me all the lords in court sit my preserver by thy patient side and with this healthful hand whose banished sense thou hast repealed a second time receive the confirmation of my promised gift which but attends thy naming enter three or four lords fair maid send forth thine eye this youthful parcel of noble bachelors stand at my bestowing or whom both sovereign power and father's voice i have to use thy frank election make thou hast power to choose and they none to forsake to each of you one fair and virtuous mistress fall when love please marry to each but one i'd give bay curtle and his furniture my mouth no more were broken than these boys and writ as little beard peruse them well not one of those but had a noble father gentlemen heaven hath through me restored the king to health we understand it and thank heaven for you i am a simple maid and therein wealthiest that i protest i simply am a maid please it your majesty i have done already the blushes in my cheeks thus whisper me we blush that thou shouldst choose but be refused let the white death sit on thy cheek for ever will ne'er come there again make choice and see who shuns thy love shuns all his love in me now dian from thy altar do i fly and to imperial love that god most high do my sighs stream sir will you hear my suit and grant it thanks sir all the rest is mute <laughs> i had rather be in this choice than throw aim's ace for my life the honour sir that flames in your fair eyes before i speak too threateningly replies love make your fortunes twenty times above her that so wishes and her humble love no better if you please my wish receive which great love grant and so i take my leave do they all deny her and they were sons of mine i'd have them whipped or i would send them to the turk to make eunuchs of be not afraid that i your hand should take i'll never do you wrong for your own sake blessing upon your vows and in your bed find fairer fortune if you ever wed these boys are boys of ice they'll none have her sure they are bastards to the english the french ne'er got em you are too young too happy and too good to make yourself a son out of my blood fair one i think not so there's one grape yet i am sure thy father drunk wine but if thou beest not an ass i am a youth of fourteen i have known thee already helena to bertram i dare not say i take you but i give me and my service ever whilst i live into your guiding power this is the man why then 
"'Young Bertram, take her. She is thy wife.' "'My wife, my liege! I shall beseech your highness. In such a business give me leave to use the help of my own eyes.' "'Knowst thou not, Bertram, what she has done for me?' "'Yes, my good lord, but never hope to know why I should marry her.' "'Thou knowst she has raised me from my sickly bed.' "'But follows it, my lord, to bring me down must answer for your raising. I know her well. She had her breeding at my father's charge. Her poor physician's daughter, my wife, disdain rather corrupt me ever.' "'Tis only title thou disdain'st in her, the which I can build up.' Strange is it that our bloods of colour, weight, and heat poured all together would quite confound distinction, yet stand off in differences so mighty. If she be all that is virtuous, save what thou dislikest, a poor physician's daughter, thou dislikest a virtue for the name, but do not so. From lowest place, when virtuous things proceed, the place is dignified by the doer's deed. Where great addition swells, and virtue none, it is a dropsied honour. Good alone is good without a name. Vileness is so. The property by what it is should go, not by the title. She is young, wise, fair. In these to nature she's immediate heir. And these breed honour. That is honour's scorn, which challenges itself as honour's born, and is not like the sire. Honours thrive when rather from our acts we them derive than our foregoers. The mere word's a slave, deboshed on every tomb, on every grave, a lying trophy, and as oft is dumb. Where dust and damned oblivion is the tomb of honoured bones indeed. What should be said? If thou canst like this creature as a maid, I can create the rest. Virtue and she is her own dower. Honour and wealth— from me. I cannot love her, nor will strive to do it. Thou wrongst thyself, if thou should strive to choose. That you are well restored, my lord, I'm glad. Let the rest go. My honour's at the stake, which to defeat I must produce my power. Here, take her hand, proud scornful boy, Unworthy this good gift, that doth in vile misprision shackle up my love and her desert, that canst not dream. We, poising us in her defective scale, shall weigh thee to the beam, that wilt not know it is in us to plant thine honour where we please to have it grow. Check thy contempt, obey our will which travails in thy good. Believe not thy disdain but presently do thine own fortunes that obedient right which both thy duty owes and our power claims, or I will throw thee from my care for ever into the staggers and the careless lapse of youth and ignorance, both my revenge and hate loosing upon thee in the name of justice, without all terms of pity. Speak, thine answer. Pardon, my gracious lord, for I submit my fancy to your eyes, when I consider what great creation and what dole of honour flies where you bid it, I find that she, which late was in my nobler thoughts most base, is now the praised of the king, who, so ennobled, is as twere born so. Take her by the hand, and tell her she is thine, to whom I promise a counterpoise, 
if not to thy estate, a balance more replete. I take her hand. Good fortune and the favour of the king smile upon this contract, whose ceremony shall seem expedient on the now-born brief, and be performed to-night. The solemn feast shall more attend upon the coming space, expecting absent friends. As thou lovest her, thy loves to me religious, else does err. Exeunt all but La Few and Paroles. Advancing. Do you hear, monsieur? A word with you. Your pleasure, sir? Your lord and master did well to make his recantation. Ha! <laughs> recantation? My lord? My master? Ay, is it not a language I speak? A most harsh one, and not to be understood without bloody succeeding, my master. Are you companion to the Count Rossillian? To any count, to all counts, to what is man? To what is Count's man? Count's master is of another style. You are too old, sir. Let it satisfy you, you are too old. I must tell thee, sirrah, I write man, to which title age cannot bring thee. What I dare too well do, I dare not do. I did think thee for two ordinaries to be a pretty wise fellow. Thou didst make tolerable vent of thy travel. It might pass, yet the scarfs and the bannerets about thee did manifoldly dissuade me from believing thee a vessel of too great a burthen. I have now found thee. When I lose thee again I care not. Yet art thou good for nothing but taking up, and that thou'rt scarce worth. Hadst thou not the privilege of antiquity upon thee? <laughs> Do not plunge thyself too far in anger, lest thou hasten thy trial, which if, Lord have mercy on thee for a hen, so, my good window of lattice, fare thee well. Thy casement I need not open, for I look through thee. <sighs> give me thy hand. My lord, you give me the most egregious indignity. Ay, with all my heart, and thou art worthy of it. I have not, my lord, deserved it. Yes, good faith, every dram of it, and I will not bait thee a scruple. Well, I shall be wiser. Even as soon as thou canst, for thou hast to pull at a smack of the contrary. If ever thou beest bound in thy scarf and beaten, thou shalt find what it is to be proud of thy bondage. <sighs> I have a desire to hold my acquaintance with thee, or rather my knowledge, that I may say in the default, he is a man I know. My lord, you do me most insupportable vexation. I would it were hell pains for thy sake, and my poor doing eternal. For doing I am past, as I will by thee, in what motion age will give me leave. 
Exit. Well, thou hast a son shall take this disgrace off me. Scurvy, old, filthy, scurvy lord. Well, I must be patient. There is no fettering of authority. I'll beat him by my life if I can meet him with any convenience. And he would double and double, Lord. I'll have no more pity of his age than if I would have... I'll beat him, and if I could but meet him again... Re-enter Lafeu. Sirrah, your lord and master's married. There's news for you. You have a new mistress. I most unfadedly beseech your lordship to make some reservation of your wrongs. He is my good lord. Whom I serve above is my master. Who? God? I, sir. The devil it is that's thy master. Why dost thou garter up thy arms of this fashion? Dost make hose of sleeves? Do other servants so? Thou wert best set thy lower part where thy nose stands. By mine honour, if I were but two hours younger, I'd beat thee. Methinks thou art a general offence, and every man should beat thee. I think thou wast created for men to breathe themselves upon thee. That is hard and undeserved measure, my lord. Go to, sir. You were beaten in Italy for picking a kernel out of a pomegranate. You are a vagabond and no true traveller. You are more saucy with lords and honourable personages than the commission of your birth and virtue gives you heraldry. You are not worth another word, else I'd call you knave. I leave you. Exit. Good, very good. It is so, then. Good, very good. Let it be concealed a while. Re-enter Bertram. Undone and forfeited to cares for ever. What's the matter, sweetheart? Although before the solemn priest I have sworn, I will not bed her. What? What, sweetheart? Oh, my paroles, they have married me. I'll to the Tuscan wars and never bed her. Fred's is a dog-hole, and it no more merits the tread of a man's foot. To the wars! There's letters from my mother. What the import is, I know not yet. Ay, that would be known. <laughs> to the wars, my boy, to the wars! He wears his honour in a box unseen, that hugs his kicky-wicky here at home, spending his manly marrow in her arms, which should sustain the bound and high curvet of Mars's fiery steed. To other regions, France is a stable, we that dwell in jades. Therefore, to the war. It shall be so. I'll send her to my house, acquaint my mother with my hate to her, and wherefore I am fled, write to the king that which I durst not speak, his present gift shall furnish me to those Italian fields where noble fellows strike. War is no strife to the dark house and the detested wife. Will this capriccio hold in thee? Art sure? Go with me to my chamber and advise me. I'll send her straight away. Tomorrow I'll to the wars, she to her single sorrow. Why, these balls bound, there's noise in it. "'Tis hard. 
A young man married is a man that's marred. Therefore, away and leave her bravely. Go! The king has done you wrong. But hush, tis so. Exeunt. Scene 4. Paris, the king's palace. Enter Helena and Clown. My mother greets me kindly. Is she well? She is not well. But yet she has her health. She's very merry. But yet she is not well. But thanks be given. She's very well. And wants nothing in the world. But yet she is not well. If she be very well, what does she ail that she's not very well? Truly, she's very well indeed, but for two things. What two things? One, that she's not in heaven, whither God send her quickly. The other, that she's in earth, from whence God send her quickly. Enter Parolles. Bless you, my fortunate lady. I hope, sir, I have your good will to have mine own good fortunes. You had my prayers to lead them on, and to keep them on. Have them still. Oh, my knave, how does my old lady? So that you had her wrinkles, and I her money. I would she did as you say. Why, I say nothing. Mary, you are the wiser man, for many a man's tongue shakes out his master's undoing. To say nothing, to do nothing, to know nothing, and to have nothing, is to be a great part of your title, which is within a very little of nothing. Away! Thou art a knave! You should have said, sir, before a knave, thou'rt a knave. That's before me, thou'rt a knave. This had been truth, sir. Go to! Oh, thou art a witty fool. I have found thee. Did you find me in yourself, sir? Or were you taught to find me? The search, sir, was profitable. And much fool may you find in you, even to the world's pleasure and the increase of laughter. A good knave, if faith, and well fed. Madam, my lord will go away tonight. A very serious business calls on him. The great prerogative and right of love, which, as your due time claims, he does acknowledge, but puts it off to a compelled restraint, whose want and whose delay is strewed with sweets, which they distill now in the curbed time to make the coming hour o'erflow with joy and pleasure down the brim. What's his will else? That you will take your instant leave of the king, and make this haste as your own good proceeding, strengthened with what apology you think may make it probable need. What more commands he? That, having this obtained, you presently attend his further pleasure. In everything I wait upon his will. I shall report it so. I pray you. Exit Parolles. Come, Sirrah. Exeunt. Scene five. Paris, the king's palace. Enter Lafeu and Bertram. But I hope your lordship thinks not him a soldier. Yes, my lord, and a very valiant approof. You have it from his own deliverance. 
and by other warranted testimony then my dial goes not true i took this lark for a bunting i do assure you my lord he is very great in knowledge and accordingly valiant i have then sinned against his experience and transgressed against his valour and my state that way is dangerous since i cannot yet find in my heart to repent here he comes i pray you make us friends i will pursue the amity enter parolles to bertram these things shall be done sir pray you sir who's his tailor sir oh i know him well i sir he says, good workman, a very good tailor. Aside to Parolles. Is she gone to the king? She is. Will she away to-night? As you'll have her. I have writ my letters, casketed my treasure, given order for our horses, and to-night, when I should take possession of the bride, end, ere I do begin. A good traveller is something at the latter end of a dinner but one that lies three-thirds and uses a known truth to pass a thousand nothings with should be once heard and thrice beaten god save you captain is there any unkindness between my lord and you monsieur i know not how i have deserved to run into my lord's displeasure <laughs> you have made shift to run into it boots and spurs and all like him that leapt into the custard and out of it you'll run again rather than suffer question for your residence it may be you have mistaken him my lord and shall do so ever though i took him at prayers fare you well my lord and believe this of me there can be no colonel in this light nut the soul of this man is his clothes trust him not in matter of heavy consequence i have kept of them tame and know their natures farewell monsieur i have spoken better of you than you have or will to deserve at my hand but we must do good against evil exit an idle lord <laughs> i swear i think not so why do you not know him yes i do know him well and common speech gives him a worthy pass <laughs> here comes my clog enter helena i have sir as i was commanded from you spoke with the king and have procured his leave for present parting only he desires some private speech with you i shall obey his will you must not marvel helen at my course which holds not colour with the time nor does the ministration and required office on my particular prepared i was not for such a business therefore am i found so much unsettled this drives me to entreat you that presently you take your way for home and rather muse than ask why i entreat you for my respects are better than they seem and my appointments have in them a need greater than shows itself at the first view to you that know them not this to my mother giving a letter it will be two days ere i shall see you so i leave you to your wisdom sir i can nothing say 
but that I am your most obedient servant. Come, come, no more of that. And ever shall with true observance seek to eke out that wherein toward me my homely stars have failed to equal my great fortune. Let that go. My haste is very great. Farewell. High home. Pray, sir, your pardon. Well, what would you say? I am not worthy of the wealth I owe, nor dare I say tis mine, and yet it is. But like a timorous thief most fain would steal what law does vouch mine own. What would you have? Something, and scarce so much. Nothing, indeed. I would not tell you what I would, my lord. Faith, yes, strangers and foes do sunder and not kiss. I pray you, stay not, but haste to horse. I shall not break your bidding, good my lord. Where are my other men, monsieur? Farewell. Exit Helena. Go thou toward home, where I will never come, whilst I can shake my sword or hear the drum. Away, and for our flight. Bravely. Coraggio. Exeunt. End of Act Two. Dramatis Personae of All's Well That Ends Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. Bertram, Count of Rossillon. Read by David Nicol. Clown, Servant to the Countess. Read by Dennis Sayers. Countess, mother to Bertram. Read by Ruth Golding. Diana, daughter to the widow. Read by Ariel Lipshaw. Duke of Florence. Read by Robert Fletcher. First gentleman. Read by Brett Downey. First lord. Read by Bologna Times. First soldier. Read by O One Two Three. Fourth lord. Read by Levi Throckmorton. Helena, a gentlewoman protected by the Countess. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. King of France. Read by Andy Minter. Lafieu, an old lord. Read by Martin Giessen. Marianna, neighbor and friend to the widow. Read by Maria Therese. Page. Read by Lucy Perry. Parolles, a follower of Bertram. Read by M.B. Second Gentleman. Read by Martin Outen. Second Lord. Read by David Goldfarb. Second Soldier. Read by Vicente. Servant. Read by Lucy Perry. Steward. Servant to the Countess. Read by Levi Throckmorton. Widow. An old widow of Florence. Read by Musical Heart One. Narrated by Avaí. End of Dramatis Personae.